is good. You may make your way back to your seats. Thank you for getting that for me. God is good. Yes, and all the time. Amen. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. Aren't you glad that his goodness is not dependent upon our circumstance or our situation or upon what's going on in our world? No matter what, he is always good. His character does not change. Amen? Amen. Today I'm going to be talking to you about, uh, through John 15, about remaining in him. He is the vine, we are the branches. Amen? Anybody a branch in the room? <laughs> I'm a branch. I'm a branch. There are only two types of people in this world. There, there are those who remain in the true vine and those that do not. There are those that bear good fruits and there are those that don't. There are those who love God by obeying his commands and there are those that do not obey his commands and in turn hate God. There are even Christians in this world right now that call themselves Christians, that profess the name of Christ, yet their hearts are full of wickedness, jealousy, bitterness, anger, rage, etc. So we have to determine in this room today and be very honest with ourselves, which person are we? Are we one that is remaining in the vine? Or are we bearing good fruit, or are we not? And if you're not, it's time to get attached to the real vine. Amen? Amen. But there are too many Christians that come to church on Sunday, and they go throughout on Monday and start to sin again. Sunday's their church day. Sunday's their holy day. Monday through Saturday is the sin days. And then they make it right again on Sunday, and they're saved again, and then they go back out and do the same thing over and over again. Come on. There's even people probably in our church, in many churches, that prophesy, that use the name of the Lord, that have a gift of prophecy on their life. They're prophets. Come on. I have a word from the Lord for you. I hear it. I'm not making fun of them. Listen, I love the prophetic. I love it. But there are those using the gifts that God has given them when their character is all kinds of jacked up. They can give a word in church and then they go home and have uh, disrespect for their husbands and wives and tell each other they're going to divorce each other or, or treat their children like garbage. Come on, it matters. It matters first, all of you, who you are in your home. It matters that you are attached to the true vine in your marriage, in your home, and everywhere else. Because I don't care how great you can evangelize. If you are a horrible husband, you need to go back to your house and start evangelizing there. Start there. You have a word for the church, but you don't know how to respect your own husband or you don't know how to treat your wife. Go, to your, go home. Go prophesy to your wife. Go prophesy to your husband. Go prophesy to your own marriage. Come on. It starts first at home. Amen? 
But there are those that do these things in the church, and then they live a different life out there. And there are people that Jesus even said in Matthew 7 that you would think with your naked eye, you don't have to turn there, with your naked eye, you would say, man, they are saved, they are sanctified, they are filled with the Holy Ghost, they're going to heaven. I know they're going to heaven. Look at them. They just, they just look so great. And Jesus even said in Matthew 7, there are going to be people who call themselves Christians that profess the name of Christ, and they are the ones that are going to say, Lord, Lord, didn't I prophesy? Didn't I preach on the stage? Didn't I lead a Bible college? Didn't I go to Bible college? Didn't I do these things in your name? Didn't I go to the streets and preach the gospel? Didn't I lead worship and see many people saved? Lord, Lord. And he's going to say, away from me, I never knew you. On that day, your title will not matter. It will all be stripped away. All that will matter is that you remained in the vine and that you were bearing good fruit. Some of y'all would rather have a title than you want a title more than you want Jesus. Some of y'all want ministry and responsibilities more than you want a relationship with Jesus. Let it not be so. Amen? Remain in the vine. Bear good fruit. Be who you say you are. Let's turn to John 15. I'm going to read this whole entire thing, 1 through 17, and then we'll talk about it. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Does everybody get it? You're nothing without Jesus. You can't do anything apart from him. You have to be connected to the vine to bear any type of fruit whatsoever in your life in every area. I am the vine, says Jesus. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I just want to stop there because sometimes we're preaching on the gospel, uh, preaching the gospel on the streets. And, you know, people can tell us, even uh, especially Christians, can tell us, hey, you're doing it wrong. You're not, you're not being loving enough. Jesus didn't talk like that, right? Jesus didn't do that. I don't know what Bible they're reading because Jesus literally is so nice right here. He's talking about being the vine and you're a branch and you're connected to him and you'll bear fruit with him. And then he says, hey, but if you don't do this, you're going to get burned and thrown into a fire. And then he starts talking again, but I have loved you and you have loved me and we're together in this, right? Listen, anybody tells you you're doing it wrong, tell them to read this. Jesus said he's going to throw us into the fire if we're not bearing fruit. Uh, verse 9, 
As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay one's life down for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. To remain means to stay a part of something, not to be destroyed, not to be plucked out of it, to stay in the same place that you have been occupying for that time. Don't be moved. Does anybody understand what remain means? Remain. Something that sticks out to me throughout this, this chapter or these verses is that Jesus cares about relationships. You see the relationship between the vine and the branches, Jesus and us, and then you start to see the, the relationship between the gardener and the branches. You see the relationship between us and Jesus, the Father and us, and then you see our relationship to one another, the branches, the other branches that are connected to the vine. Jesus cares about relationships. Amen? So the first one we see, Jesus is using a picture here that his disciples will understand. The vine, the branches, they understand this language very well. And we could take it even in our day and age like a tree and branches that we see out here in, the, in a good one, not, not some weak tree in a park somewhere that has been there for many years. When you're looking at this tree, you don't know where the tree starts, the branch ends, the branch starts and the tree ends, right? It's all connected. It's strong. It's, it's blooming. It's making leaves when it's healthy. Sometimes they even have flowers on it. That's how you know that it's a healthy tree. And we can see ourselves the same way. When we are a branch connected to Jesus, we won't know where Jesus starts and we end or where we start and Jesus ends because we will be so intertwined with him. Everything that we do is through that place of relationship, through that place of intimacy, when you are truly a branch connected to the vine. A branch gets its nutrients from the vine. A branch gets the water from the vine. It cannot live on its own. So if you go to a tree right now and you cut off a branch, it's just going to be a branch on the floor. It no longer can fulfill its purpose. The whole reason that it was created, it has been cut off now, and it doesn't have its purpose anymore. Listen, you will not fulfill your purpose, your God-given purpose, if you allow yourself to get cut off from the vine. Plug yourself into Jesus, be intimate with Jesus, walk with Jesus, talk to Jesus, and let him live through you and be connected to the vine no matter what. Amen? Amen. Come on, we already know it. We are nothing without him. We can do nothing without him. It's time for us to unplug from everything else that has a control of our identity. 
We're living in a day and age now where people are so quick to tell you who they are. I'm white. You're not. You're black. If that's the first thing that comes out of our mouth when talking about our identity, we are doing it way wrong. We need to unplug from our race, from our gender, from all of those things and plug into Jesus because the first thing coming out of our mouth to be, I'm a disciple of Jesus and I live for Jesus day and night, baby, and I don't care what color you are because you're my brother and you're the other branches in the tree. Come on, this is, they've got it all kinds of twisted. So many Christians today have it so twisted. Listen, there is an answer to our problems in this world today, and it is not continuing to talk about the different races. Listen, the Bible tells us that he made one race, the human race. That is not an insult. That is not looking at you saying, I don't appreciate your race or your color. What it's saying is, I see you through the eyes of Jesus, and you are valuable no matter what your outside looks like. You are valuable because God made you. That's the answer to our problems. Teach people that they're valuable in Jesus Christ. You do not have your identity only because of what you look like on the outside. I don't care what you look like. Some of you in this room might have very different skin because I glow. Some of you are a lot, a lot uh, better off than I am when it comes to being in the sun. But you guys are my brothers and sisters. Some of you guys are closer to me than my own family. Come on, we need to teach the kingdom of God that. The people in the kingdom right now need to hear the message that they are valuable because God created them. He made human beings. That's it. It's not that hard. Come on. So when a branch is connected to the vine... They will know their identity as a disciple first, right? A friend of God, a friend of Jesus, one that has access to the giver of life. Jesus said when you are connected, you can ask him of anything because when you're really connected to Jesus, you're going to be asking him things according to his will. Come on, he is the source. You don't have to turn there. But in John 6, it talks about that Jesus is the bread of life. And in the natural, what do we need? We need bread to survive. We need water to drink. And Jesus said he is those things in the spiritual. You can't live without that in the natural. But in your spirit, if you are connected to the vine, you'll never be hungry again. You'll never thirst again. You'll have all the light you need. You have everything that you need for life and godliness when you are connected to the vine. And you will be satisfied it is only when a person starts un disconnecting from Jesus that they start looking for other things. So when they're in sin, you can know that they did not stay connected because they stopped being satisfied. They start looking other places. Come on. So Jesus is the vine. You are the branches. I am the branches, and we cannot live without him. The second relationship that we see is the father being the gardener. He is the one that comes and examines the branches and their fruit. He sees what branches are truly attached to the vine, and he sees those that are dead weights that will cause diseases, that will cause bad things to happen if they stay on there. So he's going to snip 
snip it off. And something that you will realize is in the beginning, it says, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So when you are connected to the vine and you are bearing good fruit, the gardener is still coming to your tree, to your branch, and he is still going to prune you. He is still going to cut things off of you. He is still going to cleanse you. And sometimes it doesn't feel very good. But listen, when you are connected to the vine and you are doing things right, when the gardener shows up, it's a good day because what you say in your heart is, God, do whatever you need to do in me so that I can be closer to Jesus. Whatever you see, the weeds in my heart, the little, the little uh, thorns or whatever's coming out of me, go ahead and prune it off. Come on, the gardener is a loving and caring gardener. He cares about the branches. He cares about what's happening. He doesn't want any harm to come to them. He wants them to be great, right? He wants it to be a clean garden so that more fruit can grow. He's caring. He's loving. I always think about me. Like, I don't do much gardening, but I have pulled weeds. We have this little thing with... Uh, um, plants in front of my house and these weeds are vicious dude they like they will just come and take over that whole thing if I do not keep up with it it is bad but I have to do it right like literally I have to get down I have to get the little tool that my husband got me and I no it's not a shovel I know what a shovel is it's a different type of tool <laughs> but you go down and you you have to get it from the root because if you don't get the whole thing They'll continue to spread. They'll go other places. And sometimes if I let it go too long, you'll have like a rose bush and then the nasty weed right in it, and it will be all up like, you're like, how did that happen? It almost looks like it belongs there. Like, that's a pretty little tree that, that grew with the rose bush there. But I have to get down in there. And sometimes it messes up the soil. Sometimes it makes a little hole. You know, it doesn't look pretty all the time. And that's the same thing with God. He comes in to where we are and he goes into our life and sometimes he messes things up a little bit. Sometimes it makes us feel uncomfortable. See, for those that are righteous, those that are connected to the vine, the gardener showing up is a good thing, right? He's loving, he's kind, he's going to make it better. But for others, it's the scariest day of their lives. For us, it's comforting. For them, it's wrath. They're getting cut off. I remember growing up as a Christian. I went to a Christian school my whole life. And they had some jacked up theology. Um, I thought God was so mean. Jesus was the nice one. God the Father was mean. And... <laughs> Jesus wanted me saved. God the Father didn't. You know, like I had this weird thing in my mind where I had to really like learn what the Trinity was like. Is God the Father kind? Is he loving? Is he also? But this, has, <laughs> this kind of stuff has helped me so much, man. You, he is not a mean God. If a person feels the only reason that they should be afraid of God is if they're not right with the Lord. <laughs> that is the only time. 
You fear the Lord in reverence, right? We live our lives for him like that. But fearful, like he's going to strike me down, the only reason that you should ever feel that is because you are in sin. If you don't want the gardener coming into your branch right now, then you better get right with Jesus so that it could be a good day for you too. You should rejoice when he comes. So what I think about, let's go to Hebrews 12. When you talk about pruning and cleaning, think about discipline, right? The Bible says that God disciplines those that he loves. And sometimes when he comes into our lives and things are not completely right, let's go to 12, verse 5, please. Oh, good job. Um, sometimes he has to discipline us a little bit. Sometimes he has to clean us up a little bit, right? Let's read what the Bible says in verse 5. It says, and have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses, that is not it. Oh, yes, it is. That addresses you as a father addresses his son. It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord uh, disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. It is a good thing when God is doing that to you. See, and he does it on a personal level usually first. He does it through the voice of the Holy Spirit. He usually is revealing to each of us, hey, that's not right in your life. Don't talk like that. Don't laugh at that joke. Don't hang out with those people. I mean, there are things that the Holy Spirit is telling you in your spirit before it gets to a place of real discipline. It's only when they begin, us, we, begin to resist that discipline, resist the gardener, resist him from pruning things out in our life, that we will be, get to a place of discipline. And usually you will see those that resist the gardener, those that resist God the Father coming in and pruning them also are not open to their leadership's rebukes either. It is a direct sign that their relationship with Jesus is not right if they resist the correction of righteous leaders in their life. And I know it doesn't always feel good. I'm not saying that you're going to sit there with a smile on your face. But if you could appreciate a woman or man of God telling you, hey, something's not right here. You got to get it right. And you accepting that, that is a sign to us leaders that you are listening to the voice of God. When we come to you, and now you haven't listened to the Holy Spirit giving you those warnings, and now here we are to say, hey, I've been noticing this in your life. I've been noticing that you kind of talk like this, act like this. It's not, it's not good. And the person is resistant. You can see that that's how they are with their relationship with the Lord, too. And I always tell uh, people who are married this, too, especially to a wife, that when you don't honor your husband, when you don't honor the one that God has put over you, it is a direct sign of how you are with the Lord. When you are not submitting to your husband, you are not submitting to God. And it is the same way with all of our lives, with leadership, our pastors, and all of that. When we are resisting the, the authority that God has put over our life, it is a direct sign that you are resisting the authority that God has over your life. 
Proverbs 3.12, you don't have to turn there. It says, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As a father, the son he delights in. Come on, a true disciple will rejoice when God is pruning their heart, right? Because we want to be right with God. We want him to do whatever he needs to do in our hearts so that we can get closer to Jesus, so that nothing will become a stumbling block, so that the Holy Spirit can speak clearly to us. Come on. So that is the relationship between Jesus and us, the vine and the branches, the gardener and the branches. And then there's a third relationship you see here that he, he throws in there, and it's the relationship between the branches together. My, me and you, me and you, right? Those that love the Lord. We need to be loving towards one another. If you can turn to um, John, First uh, John four seven through eleven. If you're connected to the vine, you're remaining in God's love by obeying His commands. You're allowing the Lord to prune your heart. You can't help but love your brothers and sisters. And I'll tell you again, it is a sign to us when people start being mean. I don't know how to have another word. When they're meanies <laughs> or gossip or slander or salty, sure. <laughs> is that what you said, salty? That's funny. Yeah, when they are not treating their brothers and sisters right in Christ, it's, it's a clue. Hey, how's your relationship with Jesus? How are you doing with your devotional life? Because if I'm connected to the vine and I'm allowing God to prune my heart, I can't have anything but love coming out for you guys. So 1 John, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. That is so powerful. The, the, sometimes the closest thing you're going to see to Jesus face to face is your sister in Christ. You're going to see Jesus through them. You're going to be God to your neighbor. And sometimes we hear this 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, and we read it a lot at weddings, right? But that's how we're supposed to love one another, too. Love is patient. It's kind. It's, uh, what's the scripture? Let's go to it. <laughs> it's not proud. It doesn't boast. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking, right? It keeps no records of wrongs. It always protects, always hopes, always trusts, always perseveres. 
So love is patient, it is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. That is not only the love that you are supposed to have for your husband and wife and your children. That is the love that you are supposed to have for every single believer that is attached to the vine like you are. We are the branches in the same vine. And it is an indication that our relationship is good with Jesus when we can love one another. Again, like I said, if there is a person that is hating others, having conflict, nobody can get along with this person. They think everybody else is the problem not being gracious, easily offended, all of those things. It is directly a sign that they are not doing something right. They're either not allowing the gardener to come in and prune them, or they're not connected to the vine. So those that remain in the vine, those that bear fruit, good fruit, will be pruned. That is a sign that you're in the vine. You will always be growing. God will always be showing you things that are not right. You're always going to be cleansed, right? So you remain. You're going to be pruned. You love God by keeping his commands, and you love one another. So those are the fruit. When you see a brother and sister, you know they're in the vine. How? They're loving God by keeping his commands, they're being pruned, they're being changed by the power of God, and they love their brothers and sisters in Christ. And those that are not remaining, you will see that because they have sin in their life, they're not obeying the commands of God, and they don't love their brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet real quick. Come on, let's remain in the vine. Lord, we just love you. We thank you, God, that you have given us everything that we need for life and godliness. We thank you, Lord, that we can bear good fruit, God, and we know that without you, we can do nothing. We know, God, that without being connected to you, Jesus, we literally are nothing. Help us, Jesus. Help us to stay connected to the vine. Help us, Lord, to enjoy when the gardener comes in to prune our lives. Help us, oh God, that when we see ourselves being disciplined, when we feel the Holy Spirit unctioning us, God, I pray that our hearts would rejoice because it means we get to be a little bit closer to Jesus. It means it's making more room for more good fruit to grow. Good fruits of preaching the gospel, the fruit of the Spirit, oh God. Good relationships, good self-esteem, the way we think about ourselves, all these great fruits, oh God, that you want for our lives. I pray that we would rejoice when you prune. Oh God, and I pray that we would love one another. Oh God, not with the love that the world says, not with a lustful type of love or, or this this crooked type of love that's not love at all, but the love that only comes from God. A love that doesn't look at the outside God, but looks at the inside and says, you're valuable because God created you in his image. Oh Lord, I pray that we would be 
so tight in this cohort, God, that we would love each other like brothers and sisters, that we would see each other, oh Lord, through your eyes. And God, help us to help others when we see them not staying connected the way that they should. When we see, oh God, that they're not loving their brother and sister the way that they should, oh God, we pray that we would be a voice of the Holy Spirit to them. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm just going to pass the mic around if you guys want to pray.